Welcome to Professor Forever. I am the Professor Forever. I loved my mom. May she rest in peace. But she wasn't around a lot between the ages of my ages of 9 and 18. So I was on my own for much of that time. But TV was there. Ah, glorious TV. I love TV. TV hasn't changed a lot over these decades. Programming has changed, maybe, but not the device. No more eight-track players or boomboxes or VCRs, but we still have TVs. TV hasn't gone the way of obsolescence. TV does so many things. You can be young when you're watching TV. You can totally regress. You can get really emotional, really angry. I believe it's really an underrated machine. A staple of my youth, as far as TV goes, was the 60s sitcom Bewitched. Samantha Stevens, the star, was a great mom. I think that Bewitched is really underrated. People think it's a simple show, but I would argue that it has a lot of depth as well. So on the surface, it's a show about a witch who marries a mortal, and then all her kooky supernatural relatives show up to stir up trouble mostly involving the mortal husband, Darren. Darren and Samantha have two kids along the way. One's a witch, one's a warlock. But the real star of the show was probably Agnes Moorhead, who played Samantha's mother, Andorra. She was a mother-in-law trope, right, a nagging mother-in-law who disliked the son because he wasn't good enough for her daughter and loved her daughter. But she was a fabulous comedic actress. So Sam always saved the day in the sitcom episodes. Um, it wasn't like other shows where women were the matriarch of the family in the 60s. She wasn't naive. Uh, she wasn't trying to feed the men chow. She didn't need to be rescued. Samantha Stevens is brilliant, kind, competent. She's a feminist. She knows how to land the big advertising contracts for her doddering husband, and at the same time, she runs this tight ship of a home. She deals with her relatives with kindness, and she's even able to dole out graciousness to the nosy neighbor, Gladys Kravitz. She was my favorite female TV star when I was growing up. My favorite male TV star, hands down, Quentin Collins. 
from the 60s horror soap opera, Dark Shadows. One of its kind, only kind. It's the ancestor of Buffy and Angel and True Blood and who knows how many other shows. Dark Shadows was set in Collinsport, Maine. Um, Quentin primarily lives in the 18th century plotline. There were several frames for the show. He lives, he's a member of the Collins family who live amongst and are haunted by ghosts, zombies, vampires, skeletons, golems, time prisons, eaching, tarot, witches, spells, gold diggers, gypsies, thieves, and other things that I can't remember. For five seasons it ran. Very similar to the timeline that Bewitched ran. Quentin Collins is a werewolf. He is a handsome, mutton-chopped, lonely, lady-killing lycanthrope. I could not get enough of him. The show ran right after school was let out. I would walk around a little rug, wait for that theme song to play. I even liked um, Quentin Collins' theme song. He had his own theme song inside the theme song of Dark Shadows, inside the show. The theme song to Dark Shadows was great, too. I love theme songs. Actually, let's play categories um, in this way. Um, I am going to, right now, make a musical interlude. I am going to play with you the game that I used to make my long-suffering siblings uh, listen to or play while we were in the car going on vacation. Um, a musical intermission. I'm going to hum or sing without words uh, some theme songs, some from early, some from maybe 80s, 90s, and some contemporary, and you can try to guess what they are. Okay? And intermission begins now. And now for the musical intermission. Hold on to your hats. We're going to have Professor Forever's take on category singing category. Singing theme songs from popular TV shows from different eras. Probably singing them in the wrong chords, too, because that adds to the charm of the game. Three categories. TV shows from the 60s and 70s. TV shows from the 90s. And contemporary TV show theme songs. I hope you're able to decipher most of them. And here we go. Theme song number one from the 60s and 70s TV show. La 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 That's enough of that. Here's the second one. Each category will have a difficult one and an easy one. This one is a little more difficult. 
Enough. Moving on now to the 90s. Theme song number one. Theme song number two. Well, that was a weird one, wasn't it? And now for the final category, contemporary TV show theme songs. La 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 That's the first one. Here's the second one, and it's kind of a tricky one, but it is playing on TV right now. All right, how many of the six did you get? I hope that was fun for you. I have learned a lot from TV. As a matter of fact, I just made a list here of things that I learned. And this is just a quick list of things that I have learned from TV. Um, let's see, from Survivor Man, I learned how to make water from salt water and how to get water out of a cactus. From South Park, I've learned that it doesn't matter how you draw. From the show Mr. Robot, I learned how to pick rocks. From the show Alone, I learned new ways to fish and how to make a shelter. From MASH, I learned how to survive a hangover. From the American Ninja Warrior show, I learned branding as in marketing. From All in the Family, I learned all the cultural no-nos of the time. Uh, from Nova, I learned about string theory and pangolins. Uh, from Lucille Ball, I learned how to be a good friend. From Carol Burnett, I learned that being absurd is funny. From the Brady Bunch, I learned how to get along with a group. And also, I copied Florence Henderson's haircut of the time because it was very popular, a shag. So I used to really enjoy the Brady Bunch, and I have this go-to lesson that I would like to share with you about TV and what you can learn from TV. Um, the majority of the time that I have watched sitcoms in my life, I have been able to learn things from TV. Now, when it comes to TV plots, then let's say sitcoms, not reality shows. I was just talking about reality shows there a moment ago. I do learn from them too. Honey Boo Boo uh, was probably one of the most contemporary shows 
that I really learned a lot from. That was a reality show. Um, but when it comes to sitcoms, those of us who like TV, we like to look for good TV plots, right? But did you know that we also, as consumers of media, like familiar tropes? We like familiar plots and familiar arcs. Uh, the Twilight Zone is a really great example. Um, you watch a couple of them and you're able to tell at least, at the very least, by mid-show, what is going to happen. Actually, I learned from Twilight Zone how to write a good fable. That's what they were, fables. But even though we could predict the outcome of the particular Twilight Zone fable, we still like to watch it to the end. So it's an interesting thing to think about that, Yes, we like things that are fresh and new and unusual and surprising, but we also like the familiar. So there is this thing called a high concept summary. The way the old Hollywood story goes is if a scriptwriter wanted to pitch a plot for a new show, they would do it in the elevator so it's also called an elevator pitch, but also a high concept pitch. And here's an example of one. Here's an example of a high concept pitch for a non-fictional slash fictional show that might be taken from the library bookshelf of Professor Forever. A suicide blasts a family and leaves the youngest girl without her loving father. The mom drinks too much. The siblings are grown and have moved away. We watch as this little girl runs amok. She eats at weird times. She uses her bicycle to travel into the past. She's playing hooky. She's going to Dr. Fibes movies. Then Dark Shadows becomes her real home. And she falls into an obsession with death and darkness. Whoa, did I give away too much there? I saw a pattern when I was watching TV all these decades that I recognized. Years later, I asked myself a question about that pattern. I wonder if you've thought of this too. TV sitcom writers did have some reliable and well-worn tropes. But what I happen to notice throughout my entire life watching sitcoms was this humanity plot. Let me give you an example. And this happened a lot on the Brady Bunch. If someone did something terrible to their friend, by the end of the show, they had realized that they did this something terrible. They had admitted it to themselves and acknowledged it. And they had confronted it and gone to the person that they had hurt and apologized. They would ask for forgiveness. And then the person they hurt would eventually forgive them. Really, really forgive them. 
then they would move on from this affront. So my question became, why can't we humans in real life do this? If we can write scripts that do this, and it's a popular move with the audience, finger quotes, and we know it's a good thing to try to do, why don't we try to live this way? Or at least for a little while, like a day. Why don't we try it on for a day? Now I know people might say, well, TV sitcoms, there's no context, there aren't real people, it's just characterizations. I know, but I just wonder if an experiment of trying to play out one of those humane plots wouldn't be a good exercise for us as humans living in this world right now. You could admit it when you did something wrong. You could be reasonable. You could own it. You could ask forgiveness for it, apologize for it. And then someone who is playing out this script with you, maybe just for practice, could say and really mean that they forgive you. And then we could move on. And if we could practice this for a while, maybe we could actually try to do it for real. It just has always baffled me. If we can write this, why can't art, why can't life imitate art in this regard? If we can create this and we know that it's something, that something good comes out of it, why can't we just take that script and try to live it out? That's what I'm thinking about today. I hope you enjoy some TV. I hope you sing some theme songs. Whatever you do, get thinking. She's got no lessons planned for me Because she's not that fancy She's a professor forever Professor forever